Welcome to Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Bershero, and always in my job, I have an opportunity to talk to very interesting people. And today I have somebody that clearly has come from the farthest I've ever talked to because they've traveled halfway around the world to be with us today. They're in Michigan, so that qualifies us because normally we like to talk to leaders from Michigan. But in this case, we made a bit of an exception because they're here on Michigan soil. I want to officially welcome to the Leadership Lowdown We've got Mary and Dr. Wallace Kamua, and they are the founder and directors of Mission of Hope International. Mary Wallace, welcome to our show. Thank Thank you you so so much. We're glad you're here. And before we get started, I got to tell you, you guys got in a little bit late last night and you were traveling. Where were you coming from? Were you in the United States or did you come from where you're currently living? Yeah, we were coming from Oregon on the West Coast. And yeah. before then, we had come from Phoenix. So we've been in the U.S. for quite a few days. So you've got the time adjustment, right, Mary? So you're wide awake and ready to go today. Yes, we are so much wide awake. As a matter of fact, this is the tail end of our trip here in the U.S. because we are going back to Kenya this coming week. And how long will the Kenya trip be? It will be about 28 hours. Wow. From when we leave Phoenix to when we land in Nairobi, Kenya. (laughs) Well, that's interesting. We're glad you took time from a trip. When you come all the way around the world to spend time with us, we're really grateful. And part of what the reason why I wanted to talk to you was because of your background in leadership and the study that you've done on leadership. And that's what this show is all about, is trying to find tips and ideas on how we can all be better leaders. And frankly, when I'm thinking about your situation, before we get into all of the good stuff, tell me about your organization, which you were the founders of, Mission of Hope International. What's the objective of that organization? Missions of Hope International is a Christian organization. We are the founders, and it was founded in the year 2000 in Nairobi, Kenya. It was basically in response to the needs of the most vulnerable children living in the Madare Valley slums of Nairobi, Kenya. And so we felt God calling us to start a school so that we can be able to meet the needs of these children, but also have the children as an entry point so that we can work with their families and be able to empower their families and be able also to plant churches in our communities. So tell me, when you say Kenya, and that's where it was founded, are you both from Kenya originally? Yeah, both of us are from Kenya. I am from central Kenya, just an hour and a half drive from the city of Nairobi. And Mary is about three hours drive away from Nairobi, but still in central Kenya. So I'm a little bit ignorant, and please forgive me for this question, but tell me about Kenya's stability as a nation. I've heard wonderful things. I think it's a beautiful country is what I've heard and seen. But in terms of the governmental stability of that country, do you feel safe? And is it a democracy? Or tell me about that. Yeah, I would say that Kenya is one of the most stable democracies in Africa. And we just had our body party elections last year, 2022, in the month of August. And it was peaceful. It was a very credible election. And as a matter of fact, the opposition went all the way to the Supreme Court to challenge the elections. But the Supreme Court declared that the elections were free and fair. And so it, it is a stable democracy. 
Very good. Well, and that makes for an interesting opportunity. So tell me, take me back to the beginning because Mary, did you meet Wallace in school originally or were you from the same hometown? Tell me about that. Well, personally, as Wallace mentioned, I was born and brought up in central Kenya, three hours drive from the city of Nairobi. And I grew up in a polygamous family. My dad had two wives. And I'm the seventh born of a total of 20 children oh my, my word. dad's family. And so growing up, I thought I was one of the most disadvantaged people in the whole world. And I knew the only way out of that situation was to work hard in school, go to university, hopefully find a job in a bank, work with money and not be poor. So that was my ambition growing up as a young girl. And by God's grace, I went to Kenyatta University. And while I was there, God passed me, I accepted Jesus. And then I joined a group that would go to different places to evangelize and to do missions. And during one of those times, somebody told me about the slums of Nairobi. I had never heard about the slums. I had never imagined that there were such places that were so poor in our city of Nairobi. And later on, when I went there, of course, this just changed my life completely. Then I got connected to a pastor who had a church in the slums. And this pastor introduced me to a group that would meet every Wednesday for prayers. And during one of those prayer meetings is when I met my husband, Wally. And there he was. How exciting that is to have an opportunity. Look at the pathway that you took. We're going to unpack the rest of this story and hear more about it after these messages. But thanks so much for being with us today on the Leadership Lowdown. And thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. We'll be right back. Michigan Works Association believes the key to advancing prosperity across the state is accomplished through building a skilled workforce. As the state's primary workforce development association, their focus is to continue to move the needle on policy, education, and collaboration. They're creating an opportunity and building stronger communities by advocating and innovating together. Welcome back to Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. We're halfway around the world with this particular conversation. I'm so excited to have a little bit understanding of some of the leadership challenges that happen in other democracies. And in this case, we're talking about Kenya, Africa, and that is just something I am so intrigued about. And I'm so grateful to have with us today Mary and Dr. Wallace Kamua. And they are here as the founder and director of Missions of Hope International. And Mary, I had to run to break on that last part, but you got an opportunity to meet this young man by the name of Wallace. And all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute, who's that guy? Was it love at first sight? Well, on his part, <laughs> on his part, it was love at first sight. That's what he tells me. I love it. But of course, for me, this was just like meeting any other person 
But as I got to know him, I realized that he really cared about the poor people in the slums. Yes. And this was the same things I cared about. And uh. so somehow we got connected that way and we started thinking about, you know, the people in the slums. By that time, I was working voluntarily as a student, still a college student, but I would go to the slums every Saturday and every time I had my free time. And so he also learned what I was doing. And we got married. And later, after we had been married with two children, in the year 2000, we started the first Hope Center with 50 children, boys and girls, age four to six. And over the last 23 years, we have seen this school from that one school of 50 kids in the year 2000. And as of today, we are in 34 locations and we have about 27,000 students. Oh, my word. 34 different schools. Well, and what an incredible start and what an incredible growth that to see something like this. And I have to ask, in this case, Wallace, did you imagine that you were going to be riding the wave of such success and so many people that you'd be impacting? Was that kind of the original vision? What was in your mind as you got things going? This was something that I totally was not prepared for. Neither did I have, even in my wildest dreams, any idea that this would happen. As a matter of fact, you know, before I met Mary, I was working with PricewaterhouseCoopers as an accountant. And so my background is a CPA. And later on, I went to the insurance industry as a chief finance officer. And so when we met in this prayer meeting, we were the only two people who did not know one another. <laughs> so the leader of the meeting introduced us. And a thought went through my mind that this would be my future wife. Ah. But I did not tell No, <laughs> no. But you kind of had a hunch. That's so exciting. Well, you know, when you think about the growth that you've seen in all of this, tell me about some of the early challenges that you had early on. Because in the beginning, you may have known there was a direction you wanted to go. But what were some of the early challenges? Was it funding? Was it trying to get the mission clarity on the mission of your organization and where you wanted to go? Was it trying to find the right people? What were some of the things that caused you some of the early challenges? One of the challenges we had was, like for me, I came straight from university and started doing this in the slums. So people didn't think it was a cool thing for me to do. So the number one challenge I got was misunderstanding from my friends, from my college mates, from even other people who didn't think this was the right thing for me to do after getting so educated from a poor background. And instead of finding a nice job, then it's like I was just going to the slum to start working with little kids. So that was my, the challenge number one for me. And Wallace, what are your thoughts? It's the same thing, you know. It was hard for people to understand, you know. I was coming from the corporate world where I was getting a good salary in a position with a good, reputable organization. And now to go to the slums, this, I mean, people thought we're out of our minds. And even our relatives, you know, they wondered what's wrong with our son, you know, what's wrong with our, you know, that he would want to leave a job where he's earning a very good salary, he is stable, and they want to go into full-time ministry where he's going to work with the poor of the poorest. And we didn't have any resources at that point in time. 
know, we're just starting. It was a venture of faith. That we had this conviction from God that this is what he wanted us to do. And so we risked with God, just believing that he was going to help us to do it. Well, I think it's extraordinary to think about, you know, Cooper. I think it's Pricewaterhouse is what you said, that you were working there, you're an accountant, you're very successful, and my goodness, you leave a successful career, I'm assuming with a good income, and you head into this ministry with a completely different direction. What a tremendous commitment and decision you made to go try to impact people's lives and to do something extraordinary. And I just... It's commendable, and it's something I can't wait to hear more about as we kind of unpack this entire story of you and your great mission and what you and Mary have been able to do together. We're so glad you're with us here on Leadership Lowdown. So glad you tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero. We'll be right back. Physicians Health Plan is local. For 35 years, we've been a part of your community, and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. Welcome back to Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. I have Mary and Dr. Wallace with us, and we're so excited to unpack the story of their mission of Hope International that the founders and directors of. And I wanted to ask, Mary Wallace, you guys were married when you decided to give up all of this income and security and head off into something that was unknown. And you're starting it from scratch. It's not like you bought a franchise where somebody's going to come alongside you or there's other missions that are there saying, yeah, this is how you do it. You were kind of stepping on a leap of faith as well as kind of into the unknown, right? Yeah. Actually, it was totally a step of faith and risking with God because we got this conviction from him to do this. And so initially, you know, my husband was working as a chief finance officer in an insurance company. And so when we started and launched, I kind of had to work with the kids and the families in the ground every single day. And initially, it was only him that, you know, could support with the bit of money that he had from his career, from his job as a CPA. And then, of course, later, God started opening doors and working and started providing partnerships with churches. And we, the first church was here in America, a church in New Jersey. Then later on, God connected us with some American missionaries. And... Things started unfolding, but it took us like about two years before we really got other people being supportive to the work that we were doing. And so it was difficult and it was challenging, but then we knew that this is what God wanted us to do. And we both supported each other to continue doing this. And our parents, you know, like my dad, my mom, and Wallace's parents as well were supporting. 
that's all we cared about at that point. And so, and then we continued. And over the time, we realized that God's heart was busy in this initiative that we had started. And we started seeing children and their families are being transformed one at a time. And you started yeah. seeing the results, right, Wallace? Yes, you know, when we ventured out, we ventured small, but uh, I must say that we were very, very intentional in the way we did it because, and I thank God because I had worked in PricewaterhouseCoopers as a CPA and then moved on to be the chief finance officer of an insurance company. So that experience and knowledge that I gained was uh, very, very helpful for us as we started. So we did things intentionally. We were able to set up good systems. We were very accountable and transparent. And though we did not have a lot of resources, but we did the work well. And so the impact on the children was very evident, even to the community. And uh, that got us, you know, to a very good start. And it helped us to get goodwill from the community and partners who came to see the work were able to see that, you know, there was leadership and there was intentionality in the way that we did things. And so we did things sustainably. I have to ask you, in the early days of this ministry, was there some mentors or some people that came alongside you that really made a difference because they gave you some important direction when you needed it the most? Well, one of the things we did right from the start was to identify some few friends who believed in us and believed in what we were doing. And we formed a board, a board of directors, Kenyan brothers and sisters that were willing to come alongside. Of course, they had a lot of questions and initially, but, you know, just a few of them. And as they came alongside us and we got started over the years, they have remained faithful in supporting what we do. And then there was also one American lady, Dr. Sandra Van Dyke in New Jersey, who was also very supportive. At the time, she used to teach at a college, Bloomfield College in New Jersey. And she was very supportive to also what we were doing. And she was actually the one who introduced us to the first church partner, Community Baptist Church of Inglewood, New Jersey. And then you know, they started supporting the work every month. And that just now gave us like some good momentum. Then later we got connected to CMF International and the leadership of CMF International. This is a missionary setting agency based in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I can say that is when the exponential growth of our ministry started when we got connected with CMF. And there were a number of people that really became helpful to us. They mentored us, and they have been our mentors all along. And they have been very supportive in getting more and more partners. One of them is Doug Priest. Another one is Vic Alexander, Ben Kasharian, Jean Apple. And the list is headless, Eddie Lowen, and the list continues. And these people have been very, very supportive to us. 
And Mary, that I think is just so true with so much of what we talk about on this show is that it seems like none of us are ever in this thing alone. There's always people we can point to that are helping us along the way. And I'm so glad you're here with us today, helping us along our way today here on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vershero. We'll be right back. Sinair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sinair.com. And we're back right here on Leadership Lowdown on the Michigan Business Network with both Mary Ann Wallace, they are the founders and directors of Missions of Hope International. And with this story we're unpacking, it's interesting because I think we have a couple that's left a successful career behind moving into a ministry, really walking on faith that they're led to do this. And in going forward, what's exciting to me is that there's some concepts that I think are important to your story. And you use the word when we're talking about holistic approach. Tell me what that means to you, Wallace. Yes. We started the ministry. Our intention was actually to work with the whole family. And so as we started the school, preschool and the children came to the school. They gave us an entry point to their families so that we could connect with their families. And as we share the love of Christ, we are also able to understand the needs that they had and trusted God to come up with interventions whereby we can be able to empower them holistically. And so what we do and what eventually God helped us you know, to develop is a holistic ministry model whereby we educate the next generation. And these children give us an entry point you know, to their families. And so alongside the education of these children, we have what we call the economic empowerment, whereby we are able to train these family members on different trade skills, like hairdressing and beauty, fashion and design, and other skills that they can easily be able to learn and with which they can be able to get employment or start up their own businesses. And the other part component of the holistic ministry model is the health, whereby we are able to educate them on uh, preventive health and also offer curative services. And above all that, when uh, we do all these things, we are very intentional, sharing the love of Christ. And so there is a component of church planting and discipleship. And so it has four pillars, education, economic empowerment, health, and we call it redemption through church planting and discipleship so that uh, we develop the whole person and we embrace the whole family and the whole family make up the community. So there's transformation that takes place in the community. So let me, let me ask you this. I want to maybe backtrack just a little bit to make sure I understand it. You're suggesting, I think you said that the entry point to the family was through this, was it, did you call it preschool or through school? 
Yeah, it was a preschool. So it would be for the youngest children? Is that where you start? Yes, we start with the youngest school because it is prevention. We prevent them from getting into antisocial activities, going to the streets and starting to sniff glue or being introduced to other antisocial activities early enough. And then I heard you discuss some of the economic opportunities that you can help people look for their own businesses, I think, which is really some of the most dynamic underpinnings of the economy here in the United States is business enterprises that so many Americans actually have their own small business and have built it into something pretty dynamic and successful. And here you are taking families, entering through the preschool and with their children, and then having an opportunity to talk to them about maybe other opportunities that might give them an economic leg up and an opportunity to move forward. Am I getting this correct? Yeah, you are correct. But uh, we want to give them opportunity to earn a living with dignity rather than mm-hmm. going into an antisocial activities like prostitution or, you know, selling illegal liquor or drugs. So we give them an opportunity to earn a decent living that gives them back their dignity. Mm, how nice. Well, and, and what a difference. Go ahead, Mary. I was going to say, and the beautiful thing is that the kids start when they are in preschool, but of course each year they grow. And so each year they move to the next grade and the next grade until as of today, we have more than 600 students who have graduated from high school and our university, college, others are even working. Then we have a lot of students who are in high school. And so the numbers we are talking about as of today, who are those are the students who are currently from all the way from preschool to high school, about 26,671 students. That's almost 27,000. And of course, there are all those that have already graduated. But it starts from when the child is in preschool, just age four. And that is how we get the entry point to the families and then the rest continues, you know, and yes. everything continues to unfold. So yeah. in Kenya, is the school, here we talk about kindergarten through 12th grade. In your school system for the first level before they go to university, do you have a kindergarten beginner school through 12th grade? Is that the way it works for you guys? Yeah, we have PP1. We call it pre-primary one, then pre-primary two, then they go to first grade all the way to form four, which is equivalent of 12th grade. So it's, it's very the same number of years, and it is just amazing what happens in the lives of these boys and girls, and they are part of missions of hope. And of course, we use the Kenyan school curriculum. The Ministry of Education approve our schools. Our students are able to sit for the same national exams that any other students in Kenya sit because like from primary school to go to high school or from high school to go to college, they have to sit for national exams. Yeah, well, it's very similar in some ways to the states in that regard. But, you know, it's really interesting to engage and understand a little bit about what's going on on the other side of the world and understand your journey that you're sharing with us right here on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. We'll be right back.
The workplace keeps changing, and successful companies recognize and embrace change through choice, adaptability, and innovation. DBI offers affordable furniture solutions for countless workspace options that will enhance the performance of your people and organization. DBI helps customers reach their workplace goals, from improving worker effectiveness and innovation to brand expression. DBI is your office furniture partner. Learn more at dbiguess.com. This is the Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network, and I'm so grateful to have the founders and the directors of Missions of Hope International. This is an organization in Kenya that Mary and Wallace have spent their life making bigger and better. And that's really where I want to go with this next segment is talking about as you've grown, you've had to do some things to duplicate leadership and to help develop people around you so that your organization can continue to grow. Can you guys speak to that, please? Yeah, I want to say that God helped us to develop a scalable model in the sense that when we started this one school that we realized we have an obligation to multiply to other locations as a stewardship responsibility and by God's grace and provision we've been able to multiply to now 34 locations 33 in Kenya and the beginning of this year we now have one in Liberia in West Africa and so with all these multiple locations and with multiple departments, it becomes necessary to develop leaders because for you to keep growing, you need leaders that can be able to do work that is impactful in these communities. And that is what has helped us. And as we continue, we feel obligated to keep growing so that we can bring this holistic ministry model to other communities so that we can impact more people. And so we have to keep developing leaders so that we always have a pool of leaders that we can be able to send to these new locations. So let me ask you this. I'm really intrigued by this because as you continue to grow, I'm assuming there has to be some cornerstones, if you will, of what you want out of that next generation of leaders. So as you continue to duplicate them, you probably want to make sure they are tied tightly to the mission and to the core values of the organization you founded so that in five, 10 years, you don't end up way different than what you set out to be, right? So are there some principles or things you can share with us that you say it has to be this or it's got to be these elements or principles that we really coach to all the time? Anything like that? Yes. As an organization, we have our core values. And our leadership development uh, program is actually based on our core values, and that is the bold dependence on God. We have integrity, we have servanthood, and we have transformation. Those are our core values, and uh, these are based on our faith in Jesus Christ. And so we are very, very intentional about instilling Christian values in our leaders and ensuring that we are developing them along the core values of the organization because it is a ministry. And as we go out to the community, we are going out to transform these communities with the Christian values and disciple them, you know, in church because that is who we are. And then the other thing is that as we go to these communities, yes, this 
people are poor, they have been in a lot of poverty, but we want to speak faith into their lives, we want to show them that they can do it. And so what we do, instead of doing everything for them, we come alongside them, we show them that it is possible for them to, for example, start small businesses, it is possible for their children to get good quality education. It is possible for them to live in good health. And so we believe so much in the community involvement and community participation in the work that we do. And then we also believe so much in partnership. Partnering with like-minded organizations and churches to come alongside these communities. And what we do as Missions of Hope is that when these partners come, we show them that it's not about harming and disempowering the people by doing things for them, but it is coming and actually coming alongside the communities. And that is the same thing that we are doing as we replicate now to a new country like Liberia. And so partnerships for us is very, very key. And actually that is also a significant part of why the exponential growth that we have experienced. And also we believe so much in doing whatever we do unto the Lord with excellence. The spirit of excellence is key for us because we don't want to just replicate our programs or replicate things for the sake of replicating if they are not good quality. We always think that we should do so well such that we are proud of what we are replicating in new communities as well. Boy, I just love that, the spirit of excellence. We've talked about excellence and we've talked about what that looks like, but I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about an organization with the spirit of excellence. And I think that's so good because, you know, so many times I've said in business that when we say good enough, I always say good enough never is. It's all about trying to really excel and become the best you can be. So, Mary, I'm going to steal that if you don't mind. The spirit of excellence, we're going to be talking about that for a long time. And we're talking about this interview right here in the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. We'll be right back. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan with offices in Lansing, Farmington Hills, Grand Rapids, Detroit, Marquette, and Holland. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. Well, I've really enjoyed this trip around the world, and we've been talking about a ministry in Kenya and some of the amazing things that are going on with the founders and directors of Missions of Hope International. And Mary Wallace, I know that you did this because you really wanted to make an impact and to see some great progress. So are there any stories of triumph maybe that we could share, not in a braggart way, but maybe just a way of saying, you know what, this was kind of cool the way this all unfolded. Anything like that come to mind? 
Yeah, I would want to share the story of one girl called Jacinta. And that was one among the very first 50 children that we recruited into our preschool and has been with us. She went through our program all the way to 12th grade and she was able to go to the university. And what happened with Jacinta when she came, she was very, very unique. And she was one of the cleanest, you know, among all the 50 children. And then it happened that along the way, because she was single-parented, she only had a mother, and we do not know about the father. But what happened is that, you know, the mother got into a depression because of the challenges that they were going through in life. And later on, she passed on. And the sister and her sibling, who's a brother, you know, were left as orphans. And so Jacinta had to take the role of a mother very, very young taking care of his younger brother. But uh, we came alongside Jacinta and uh, we would support her through school, through high school, and on to college. She was able to get a loan through which she was able to go through the university. And she did law. And she later on was able to join the School of Law where she, just last year, 2022, she became an advocate of the high court. And so today she's an attorney and this is a girl who has become so responsible. She has gone back to the community and is advocating for the community. And she now is so determined to sponsor another child, you know, because she feels obligated that she was helped, you know, mm. through school. And now she is an attorney. And now she wants also to become part of the transformation story by sponsoring another child so that wow. she can be able to take her through school. In the States here, we often say we pay it forward. So when something incredible happens to you or something nice, whatever it is, you look for an opportunity not to repay the person or the individual or the organization, but you look for other ways that you can take that positive event and pay it forward. I think that's really exciting and interesting to me. And so, Mary, tell me these missions have needs have financial challenges and different elements? Are there ways that anybody that's inspired or is curious can find out more information or maybe find a way to help? Yeah, you know, for us to be able to do this work, educate all these kids, we have a child sponsorship program where with $40 a month, one can be able to sponsor a child or you can sponsor several children and be able to support these children to get good education any of the missions of both schools. And you can go to our website, www.mohiafrica.org, and you just go to child sponsorship and sponsor a child. You can also help us to build a school in one of these communities. Right now, we are in 34 communities in two different countries, but we have several other communities that are hoping and waiting that one day we can start a hope center in their community for their children. And with 30,000 US dollars, you can help us to build a permanent classroom that will be able to accommodate children and they can be able to learn from there. You can also come and visit us in Kenya, in Nairobi, Kenya, and come to these communities. And we can go to these communities, we can visit these families, you can do things with our students. You can help us mentor some of our students and be able to at least 
participate in a personal way and in doing this ministry or coming alongside us to do this ministry. So if you are there and you do want to be part of Missions of Hope, sponsor a child or help build a classroom, or you can be able to come and be part of this mission on the ground by visiting us in Nairobi, Kenya. Wow, what a great tribute. You know, years ago, I was involved in an organization called Rotary. And Rotary, part of their belief is that they refer to it as world peace through greater understanding. And whether it's information like this or trips to faraway lands or having people like you that come to our state to share their story, it makes the world a little smaller. And all of a sudden, a little greater understanding that some of the leadership challenges and issues that you face over there are maybe not so different from what we face here. And it sure is great pleasure and an honor to have you guys share your story. Mary and Wallace, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for hosting us. Well, Godspeed on your travels and all the best. We'll be praying about your mission and wishing you the best. And thank you so much for being a part of our Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero. I can't wait to talk to you next time. Michigan.